Welcome to No Teacher Left Behind with Christine Hurt and Natalie McIntosh for humorous musings from the Teacher's Lounge. Hey, Natalie. Hi, Christine. How are you? Oh, I'm a little sleepy, to <laughs> yeah, be honest. I am. I'm right there with you. Um, but I, before I get started on my topic today, I wanted to ask you to go over our social social media. I can talk. Oh, yeah. Details. Cool. So I, people know where to find us. Well, it's kind of handy because I got it all written down right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We are on Facebook, of course. So if you're um, an older person... <laughs> That's what the kids always say. Uh-huh. Only old people are on Facebook. Uh-huh. That's no okay. Teacher Left Behind podcast is what you search for, and that's just the name of it. Um, and then Instagram is no underscore teacher underscore left underscore behind. For the young people, I guess. Yes. Ish. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, so you can subscribe to No Teacher Left Behind. Um, look for our names, uh, Natalie McIntosh and Christine Hurt. Uh, no teacher left behind. You can subscribe, and it would be really cool if you like us. Write a review, and if you don't, you, you don't have to. But um, <laughs> yeah, so write that's a review. Where we we let people know uh, why we're awesome and why they should be listening to us, just like you are. How that's they can right. be as cool as you. And please join the conversation. Yeah. I want to know what other people are thinking about what we say. Yeah, it can't just be just our two voices going off into the. Spider-Verse. Right, right. And Natalie and I have been talking about, especially on our Facebook page, because we're old, so that's where we kind <laughs> of live, uh, social media-wise. But started, starting more conversations. So look for that um, in the future, too. Starting more conversations on Facebook about the topics that we discuss, the articles that we reference, um, and things adjacent to that. So Excellent. Yeah. Um, and w- that being said, on to my topic for today, uh, I wanted to talk about substitutes. Mm. Um, this is a really broad topic. There are a couple of angles I wanted to approach this from and, um, and sort of what has brought this into the forefront of my mind is that I have started uh, attending the school board meetings again because I'm sort of, you know, past the initial like I just had a baby fog and I'm in the I had a baby four months ago fog which is still foggy but I can get out of the house occasionally so um back at the board meetings I'm this is great but at the last board meeting um they happened to mention almost in passing something to the effect of um their focus on substitutes for this year and i thought that was really interesting for the district as a whole to kind of focus on substitutes and what that what that means i don't and i don't specifically know because like i said they mentioned it in passing so i don't know what that focus is yeah i'm kind of curious if there's like an issue that they're aware of that yeah. they want to address like, yeah were they having an issue hiring and keeping them yeah or yeah, I don't. I don't know performance, right? And I'm not not really sure. But although I do know they <laughs> have about every other month or so, I see them advertise they have um, training sessions for substitutes. So you can go. It's like a day session, one day session, and you go and you get trained to be a substitute in the district. Um, and the other thing that brought this fresh into mind for me is that my daughter is in first grade and her school bus driver we love her she's fantastic she's a really really good bus driver um you know keeps the kids in line everything is safe everything runs on time you can pretty much set your watch by the bus stop which is amazing um 
But she's out until the rest of the month. Oh, wow. And so we have a substitute bus driver, and that has been an experience. Um, but it just sort of the idea of substitutes has been rolling around in my brain and from the different perspectives, not just as a teacher, but from the perspective of the district, from the perspective of the substitute, and then from the perspective of the students and the parents who have to deal with the disruption of routine. Right. Um, as well as again, from our perspective of, of the teacher. Um, and so one of my big burning questions, and this was a burning question for me as a teacher, um, dealing with substitutes because you never really see other people's notes that they leave for the sub. And so I was never sure were my notes detailed enough. Were they too detailed and super annoying and like, the sub didn't even read them. I feel like there was one time where I felt like the sub just didn't even read the notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like did you read any of this? Um, but, you know, I tried to leave fairly good information. I remember my first year teaching, I had a student in my class who was autistic and he had certain behaviors that I knew were very normal. And my class had all become adjusted to and I wanted to make this up aware like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. The students in the class know to roll with it. So just roll with it. But if it gets, you know, sort of here's the line, if you go beyond that line, then, you know, here's somebody you can call who can come and help him, uh, recenter or right. whatever. Um, and because I didn't want the sub to be caught off guard. And I also did not want the sub to punish the student right. for doing things that were not within his control. That was another big concern for me. Um, and But I felt like, is this, am I writing too much? Are they not going to even read it? Because it looks like, you know, I've written a novel here. Um, but then I feel like if I don't write enough, then they're just blowing in the wind and don't know what to do. So... Find that. Did you ever struggle with writing <clears throat> subplans? Yeah, but I think, you know, you probably did the same thing that I do, which is to kind of imagine, okay, I'm going into somebody else's classroom. You know, I would, yeah. I want as much information as possible. Yes. And I do. I provide a lot of information mm -hmm. in, in my subplans. Uh, everything from, hey, if there's a fire drill, the clipboard is hanging on a hook by the door. Grab yeah. it on your way out. Yeah. With our red emergency backpack. Um, things like that. And I, I kind of have a template. And mm -hmm. so when I'm out, I just copy it over, but it's got all the like little things in there. Yes. And I put in there, cause this is my personal thing. Here's my personal mobile phone. Yeah. Text me if there's any issues. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, cause that's just, you know, the substitute he's here. Yeah. He's not going to like hand it out to anybody. Right. Or he's not going to hand it out to anybody. But, um, so I imagine that that's kind of how you come to it. It's like, well, what would I want? Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I have a huge boundary about, like, not giving out my personal cell phone number for work purposes, and that's a whole long story about a previous employer who abused the privilege. But, um, so I don't put that information. Also, when I'm out, I'm either sick or having a much-needed, you know, mental health day, which is basically I'm sick, you know, or there's some sort of family obligation that I am attending or tending to. I don't want to be interrupted. So I don't leave my personal information. But what I do leave is this is the extension and name of the teacher next door. And this is the extension and name of my department head. They will both, you know, can help you if you need an adult 
to assist in any issue. Right. You know, um, I also tend to try to leave the names of one or two responsible students who I feel know what the rules are and would be honest if the subset is this something that's okay in this classroom. Um, you know, what, what are the boundaries? What are the lines? Um, you know, also those are the students who I would trust to give the attendance to walk down to the office and they're not going to be wandering. The I do that too. <laughs> yeah. Like if you need help explaining any part of this classroom, but grab this student. Yeah. This they, student will help. They're you. good. Um, and, um, but yeah. And then what do you have students doing with the sub? You know, and there's that fine line between, you know, I have a certain amount of content I got to get through. I need them to move forward and we can't get off pace versus I don't know if the sub, especially with math, I feel like it's hard because if the sub doesn't feel comfortable with math enough to be able to teach it or explain things, then it's worse to have things explained wrong than it is to have them not explained at all. So do you, what do you Well, leave? you know, I know that we have like a couple of um, people where I work that are substitutes that they're on our favorites list. Oh, yes. Because they know math. Yes. And, and so we try to snag them, but I never count on it. Yeah. You know, I'm always writing sub plans to be self propelled. You know, okay. it's just like it, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to just make sure nobody, you know, hurts anybody else yeah. um, yes. <laughs> or, or anything like that. Um, but I try to, and a lot of times I have to start the conversation in my head. What if nothing goes well? What if nothing gets done? Will everything still work out in the end? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, if I look back five years from now, am I going to regret taking this day? Yeah. No. Right. I mean, really, I'm not. So it's okay. Yeah. So um, one of the things that if I know I'm going to be, if I know ahead of time that I'm going to be out, I can, you know, do a pretty decent job of recording a video. And then also kind of making it known that this is not the end of the lesson. You just got some information and I will be back eventually yes. to help you We will you talk about it, it some more. Um, because I know one of the things that students like to do is... Uh, if they don't understand something, they'll blame your absence or, yes. or you know, it's, Oh, you weren't here to explain it, but I'm here now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I never had sets. I, I tend not to do, um, graded assignments like on, on days that I know I'm going to be out to like be turned in and graded. Yeah. Unless it's a test that was already scheduled. Right. Um, I tend to say, all right, here's, here's the things I want you to do, but it's not solid yet. It's yeah. not to be turned in yet. Yeah. Because that's just the nature of what I teach, the math. Right. Because it is a process and not everybody learns it at the same speed. Yes. So, and if I'm not there, you know, yep. I'm not there. Now, there was one time with the videos thing. So I'll, I'll put a yeah. little personal anecdote in here. Please do. Videos are great. It's a wonderful tool to use. Uh, and then uh, I had this one experience last year. This is when my grandmother, um, her health was, was failing and she was going on hospice. And there were a couple of days that I just, I had to go down and be with my grandmother in her final days. And Absolutely. she ended up passing away. And I had a, I made a lot of um, videos to at least get examples into their notes, to get the steps into their notes, to get that part done. Yeah. I was not expecting 
Yeah. You know, oh, I've learned the material now. Yeah. I was not expecting but that. But get them to do all that housekeeping so you don't have to do that when you exactly. get back and you can skip straight to let's process and apply right. this information. Let's practice. Yeah. Okay. So when I come back, uh, you know, a few students who probably didn't do it, you know, all yeah. I did to, when I came back, I think was like spot check their notes or yeah. whatever. Did you sure. take notes? Um, no, I can't learn from videos. And so I took, I didn't ask I you to pause. learn it. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you to write it down. <laughs> yeah. I took a pause and I took one whole day because I realized this was actually, actually very important. Yeah. If it was true that you could not learn from videos, then I need to take a day and teach you how to watch videos in an edu- educational purpose. Yeah. Um, so there was one day when I was back and I said, here is a video that I recorded we're going to do this together and I'm going to tell you, this is how you should be watching this video. This is not a hit play and get your popcorn ready. Right. This is an active experience. There should be a lots of hitting of the pause. There should be backing up a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. There should be pausing and trying something yep. and then pushing play to see if you did it right. Yeah. There should be a lot of interaction with the video. And we walked through it together and I never had a complaint the rest of the year about yep. the video thing. Yep. But I also went on and got the statistics off of YouTube because they were fresh new videos. I knew exactly how many views there were yeah. and everything. And it turns out that the statistics pretty much said about 10% of the people did what they were supposed yeah. to do. So so um, I kind of had to say mm, um, the data does not support your assertion. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. You can't learn from videos. If you don't watch them. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, and then, by the way, if you are still struggling to learn from videos, I'm going to walk you through now how to do it. Because this is not going away. Yeah. Colleges use this. There are a lot more online um, courses where Mm -hmm. you do have to watch video. You do have to learn from videos. I wasn't even asking them to learn and master the material. No, just just do the housekeeping. Watch it. Get the basics down on paper. And I just want to pause to kind of go down a little rabbit trail here off topic. Um, You had, you know, talked about how you realized that learning from a video, this is quite possibly a skill that they actually do not have and they need to have it. So I'm going to take time out of my pacing guide, take time out of the class. We are going to spend some time and we're going to focus on this skill and learn it and teach it to them. And I think that was really valuable time well spent. And I wish that teachers had more freedom to spend more time on things like that. Because, you know, how to learn from a video is not something that's going to be on the test at the end of the year that we all get judged by. And they swear that they don't judge us by, but they do. You know, so I feel like we feel like we don't have that time to teach skills that maybe don't directly apply to our curriculum, but these are important life skills, not to mention they will help us teach the students because then now these kids know how to learn from a video. So you can put some videos on your class website that they can use to review a concept that they don't fully understand or something like this is a tool that they can now use because you've told them how to use it. Exactly. So, so, like, the blanket thing is, you know, setting them up, like, that is something that I rely on, yeah. these videos, taking that time in the beginning of the school year, and I'm coming into that unit right now, yeah. I'm planning on it, yeah. and we're still going to cover the material, but I, at the same time, I am plan to model to them 
this is if I'm never if I'm not here or if I assign this for homework, this is what I'm expecting you yeah. to do. So and then it sets it up so that if I do have to be absent and I make an emergency video, at least they know what I've ex- I'm expecting of them. Yes. While I'm gone. Yeah. And so if you have something like that and uh, or another activity that you know that you like to pull out every once in a while when you know you're going to be absent, making sure that the students know the expectations around it. Yeah. You kind of train the them absence. on that tool and yeah. that expectation, I think, is exactly true and i think there's a lot of mentality of well i'm not gonna be absent so i don't need to spend time on this well i think no that's dumb and (laughs) i mean i'm just i'm telling you new teachers everywhere around this great nation of ours don't plan on not being sick you're gonna get sick and don't plan on coming to work even when you are sick and you know being super tough about it because you just can't leave Make a plan um, what's going to happen when you have to be out because for your own health and safety, you need to be able to not go to work when you're sick. You need to be able to take a day out for your own mental health when there's, you know, there's usually a couple of long stretches in the calendar where there's no holidays or breaks and you need to take a breath and that's okay. Um, And so things like, kind of coming up with an idea. What might you like to use when you are out so that your kids have something tangible and purposeful to do, whether it's videos or certain types of learning activities, but train them on those tools and train them to your expectations on how to use those tools so that when you're out, they know what's expected and they know how to use it. I think that's a really good tip. And I really wish that I had known that like a long time ago, because I feel like I've always been terrible at how to handle sub plans i either go like way too hard and then like they're trying to learn stuff without me and it's a it's just see that's probably total disaster probably coming from a place of fear of i'm gonna lose pacing yeah yeah oh no total terror about losing pacing yeah and then or the other opposite direction of like just here's some review worksheets and that's my other big gripe is busy work please don't burn down the building like you know (laughs) um but then I'm left to, like, go through these piles of worksheets to see if kids did it. And also, I have no sense of, because I wasn't there, I have no, when they, I give them three worksheets, and they've done one of them halfway, and not the other two at all, is that because they were screwing around the whole block, or because they were legit struggling with this and trying to figure it out? And I have no notes from the sub, one way or the other, so I can't tell. How do I grade them fairly on completion, if I don't know, you know, it looks like they were just screwing around because they only did a lot, but like everybody only did a little bit. So is it, was it harder than I realized? Has it been a long, longer than I realized since we did this skill and they just don't remember? Or were they just all as a class screwing around? I don't know. And so when you come back to the classroom, do you ask the students? I mean, how do you approach that when you come back and you have like this half done worksheet and you expected, here we go with the managing uh-huh. expectations again. Uh, and you expected a different outcome. Yes. And you got something less. You know, I'm going to be real honest with you, Natalie. I'm going to be very vulnerable with you and our entire 13-person listening audience here. (laughs) I just didn't deal with it. Yeah. Sometimes I would, um, you know, maybe, I think one time 
I kind of graded them as per, you know, against what I had expected to do and then handed them back out and gave them an opportunity to complete mm-hmm. more, you know, do more. Um, like, oh, I but like then, that. Like, here's the grade that uh, you would get if you were to stop right now. Yeah. Let's do a second chance yeah. and see what you do. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Um, and it, Which is good on the one hand, but also, I mean, that just eats up more class time True. on what was essentially a busy work activity. Um, or I just throw it out and try to pretend like nothing ever happened and we all move on with our <laughs> lives, which I feel like isn't really sending them the right message either because it just shows them they can not take it seriously in when the there's future. a sub in the room in the future. Right. So I never could quite crack that code. And I don't know why it never occurred to me to ask the class, like, how did things go as far as the work? Now I have had a couple of situations where I've had to ask the class how things went because I came back to my room and it was like, clearly had been like Lord of the flies mm. in my room. Like the evidence was there one time. Natalie, I came back and I had this one class, this one block, my third year of teaching. And I just, they were tough. And, um, and not all of them. There was just like this group of like five or six kids in that class who just were hell bent on resisting any sort of authority figure at all, you know? Okay. And, um, I'm there, I'm in the space. And so I, um, and I'd had to be absent three or four times in like the span of two months because I'd had I'd been in a bad car accident, and then about a month later I had some health issues that were after effects of that car accident, and then I think I got just like regular sick one time. And um, but one time I came back, uh, somebody had drawn a penis on my floor hmm. in this class on the floor. And oh, yeah. Brent, our sound Brent, engineer, is like, like on the on the floor. floor? Yes, no. on the floor in a sharpie, and so I couldn't like wash it off. I had to call the the custodian who came wash it off. But my thing is, how do you not? And it was not like in the back corner. It was right in front of the front row of desks. So how do you not, as a substitute, notice, notice that that is happening? A hand on the floor moving around uh-huh. with a pen in it. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I can see your yeah, point. No, I was super. Is this super... your first penis art, though? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because I've had lots of penis art. Um, yeah, maybe. On the I back of calculators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people will turn over the calculators and be like, wow, why are there, there flowers sketched in there? And I was like, they were not flowers. <laughs> they didn't start out as flowers, but you got creative. <laughs> but one of my, my jobs as a teacher is to turn inappropriate art into more appropriate yes. art <laughs> and then, when needed. Yeah. And then another time um, I came back from being out with that same class and somebody had glued a f- quarter to the floor in my doorway. <laughs> I left it there for the rest of the year. I was kind of, and I knew who did it. I just knew who did it. And I could tell, and I kind of asked him about it. I don't know what you're talking about, but, you know, he said it in that way, like, ha, 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 I'm getting it away with it, you know. And I don't know. I just knew. I knew who it was. and But I couldn't prove it or anything. And it seemed like such a ridiculous thing to get super been out of shape over especially because again how does the sub not notice that somebody's <laughs> crouched on the floor in the doorway gluing coins anyway but so i just left it there for the rest of the year and it was great because i would get all these comments about like 
Did you know there's a cord? And so many people bent over to try to pick it up. <laughs> so many people. And so it was a great little social experiment, and I left it there. And I, I kind of grew <laughs> to love it. And I was sad because I knew at the end of the year that the custodians would scrape it up when they cleaned the floors. But, <laughs> um, and then, but the most heinous was that same class. <laughs> oh, and oh, this was just like of that whole year, the, the biggest bane of my existence. I came back from a sub. Somebody in that class had stolen the batteries out of like eight of the calculators. <laughs> again, again, how do you not notice this? What was the adult in the room doing this entire time? Like, you don't, this is, I don't even under, like, what is happening? And that time, I was pissed (laughs) and i came back and and in fact i think i did have a note from the sub that time who said that that class had been like super unruly and were being loud and obnoxious and whatever and i came into the room and the bell rang and i laid into them i am not generally speaking a yeller as a teacher it's just not my personality um and i philosophically feel like it doesn't have a lot of effect if you do it all the time and I'm not a yeller but I feel like every once in a while it is warranted and I really raised my voice and got very firm um, with this class and explained how completely disrespectful it was how embarrassing it was for me to come back to this note um, how embarrassed they should feel over their behavior how disrespectful and dishonest it was to steal these batteries also if anybody knows what happened to my batteries please let me know and like the next day somebody from another one of my classes came up and said that she and you know two or three other kids who also I taught um they were in the same social studies class downstairs from me and they heard me yelling at my kids and they said to themselves (laughs) What on earth did they do? <laughs> Mrs. Hurt never gets mad like that. And um, I just said, trust me, they deserved it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I just feel like I want to be able to trust the adult in the room. I feel like right now I'm st- I'm, I can feel the frustration that I felt after that moment of like mm. rising up in me, like the physical sensation of how frustrating it was to feel like you want to be able to trust that there is an adult in the room who can handle the basic situation of keeping 25 kids from burning the place down. Right. So that you can take those mental health days, so that you can be gone when you have a cold or the flu or, you know, food poisoning or whatever you don't want to be inflicting on your students and colleagues. Um, you know, or you have a family situation that needs your attendance that you can kind of shut the door on your classroom for yourself and say, that's being handled. I can focus on myself and my family and my life because if you can't do that, then that, that rest time isn't restful. Right. Because you're still worried and stressed about what's going on in your room. And this is probably where I would suggest releasing the tie to the outcome. Yeah. It's like if, when I set up my sub plans, I'm like, well, there are my sub plans. Yeah. I probably forgot something. I probably did not anticipate something. And when I come back, there's going to be lots of things that I wish I had done differently or that had been done while I was absent differently. And that's just how it's going to be. And so I come back with 
pretty low expectations. And then I'm always pleasantly surprised (laughs) that, well, they did more than I expected them to. So um, (laughs) that's my trick for getting through is having really low expectations. I think that's the great trick. And I think (laughs) that I, I have had two high expectations. And I will tell you, I think the height of my expectations came from seeing other teachers around me who, you know, had 15 years more teaching experience than me. So could, you know, anticipate things better than I could, who could plan and adjust things better than I could, and who probably also came back from subs with that low expectation mindset and were able to just roll right into recovery and moving on. Mm -hmm. But seeing them and feeling like it seemed like when they left, things went fine. Like, you know, they left an appropriate amount of work. They left an appropriate amount of notes. Things went on however they went on during the day. And then they came back and they were like, oh, my room was a little bit messy and the kids didn't do everything they were supposed to do, but we're all moving on. And they never got behind in their pacing and they never, you know, um, had penises drawn on their floor. <laughs> you know, it just... I feel like it goes to another sort of teaching lesson that comes from a bigger life lesson, which is the you can't compare yourself. Definitely not. Because um, you might be comparing yourself to an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, I had a successful substitution a couple of weeks ago, and that was probably just an anomaly. Yeah. I happened to be out on a day where I have very compliant kids. Yeah. Um, so they did everything that I needed them to. Even when the Wi-Fi went out and I needed them to do something online, uh, experience has shown me not to make everything Wi-Fi yes. dependent. I also had a review handout. Yeah. Um, that day, I left a script uh, as part of my sub, sub plans because yeah. I wasn't sure who I was going to get. I knew I didn't get a math substitute. Sure. Um, so I left a script um, in it and I said read this aloud. Yeah. And then like, just told them everything that I probably would have stood at the front of the room and said, yeah. Uh, just to be very clear, but, uh, you know, circling back around to like the contact information, it it really is like, if you want those days of rest to be days of, of rest, you got to figure out what you need from the situation. I never, I always came back much more stressed out if I did not put my contact info on there um, I did get a call from the sub that day saying that the Wi-Fi was out. And then I was prepared for when I was coming back. Yeah. You know, it went to voicemail. Yeah. I, by the way, on my phone, I had make the personal decision to turn off all notifications except for texts and phone. Yeah. You know, in case it's like family. And then yeah. I don't pick up if I don't know what number that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ditto. So by nature, I don't like being interrupted at all. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind going back and listening to that voicemail afterwards and being like, okay, so that happened. Now I know. Yeah. And I'm better prepared when I come back to school. Yeah. So it kind of like helps me know what to expect when yeah. I come back in the room. So yeah. I don't mind. And that's the only, I think I can think of only one other time that anybody actually ever used it. Yeah. Um, this person who subbed for me last time, she had her own, I love when the subs come in with their like, they, they must run like little itty bitty businesses themselves. You have some yeah. subs who come in and you can tell that they just feel like they're a replacement re- adult yeah. in the room. They just take up space yeah. as an adult. We are here to literally um, make sure we don't burn down and the And then building. there's those subs who they will make sure the letter of your law is followed uh-huh. to the T. You know, uh-huh. There was something on my sub page that day that said that the seating chart uh, 
is on a clipboard on the front table. And before I left that day, I had moved it to my cart yeah. by accident. And she wrote me a little note. That clipboard was not on the front table. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. she had my compliant kids. So yeah. I'm sure they were fine. But um, <laughs> yeah. but also you knew that she had read yeah. what you had and left And she had a form template uh-huh. that had like it blocked out in this class yeah. and had comments that she nice. would fill out. She brought her own copy of a form that she yeah. filled out and now, left on the desk for me. That is a tip that I got my first year from a colleague was to always leave a space for the sub to leave notes and to yes. request. And I always said, please leave a note, especially if somebody has been, if anybody has been especially helpful, I want to know. If anybody has been especially disruptive, I want to know. Yes. If things and went, I have that on mine also. If it went off track, please let me know. And then I have a sheet included that's like, okay, you know, it's, you know, we got four blocks a day. So there's four blocks for you to, to make a note. And uh, I would say 85% of the time that sheet is blank. I'm like, really? Nothing, nothing happened. Whatever. Um, And, oh, I just had a thought and it has escaped me. So it could, it can't be that important, but. Oh, the busy work thing. I wanted to circle back around to that. Um, There was one time that I was absent and it was an emergency type of, you know, yeah, it might've been this past January. Um, And. My kids were in an okay pacing. Yeah. They were in an okay pacing. There was one handout that I had that I was going to do with them. And so I left very detailed directions to like, you know, go on uh, to the Chromebooks and use Desmos, an online graphing calculator, uh, to to look at some things. And it was a very kind of non, um, it's, it wasn't a very high sense of urgency handout. It was kind of an exposure handout. Yeah. Well... There were some other um, teachers who felt like that was not enough. Yeah. And so they created a handout to give to my students. In addition and, to this thing. Yes. Okay. So when I came back, I had a lot of turned in copies of a handout that I did not assign, did not create, wondered where they came from. No notes yeah. to me about anything that had happened. And so... The lack of communication was one thing. Yeah. And then I I heard about it, you know, what had happened like later. And there was this sense of kind of judgment hmm. towards me that yeah. I did not leave enough work for my kids yeah. to do. And when I was in that particular circumstance, I really needed support. Yeah. More than anything. Because it, it was a death in the family yeah. and it was sudden. Yeah. And... You know, I was doing the best that I could. Yeah. And I don't know if they were trying to help. I, but I also came back and talked to my kids about it and said, look, I've tried to make sure that I put quality work in front of you, not quantity work. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm not just putting busy work in front of you just to keep you busy. Yeah. If you're done with something that I give you, okay, you're on your own time now. Good yeah. job. And I, if I wasn't concerned about them having... Maybe even 30 minutes for them to just kind of decompress. I don't know what situation they were in either. Yeah. Then if it's fine with me, it should be fine with any teacher that I work with. And and so that really did kind of rub me the wrong way in a couple of ways uh, because I I felt like, um, one, that... 
I was kind of being uh, judged for not giving enough, but also two that busy work was okay. And yeah. I think I'm probably more upset over busy work being okay. Yeah. And I'm, I never want my kids in my classroom to feel like uh, if, if they aren't busy, then they're wasting time. Yeah. Sometimes doing nothing is a good thing. Yeah, good use we, all, of time. we all need t- downtime. And I think we all need to remember. Here's my little sideways rant here. Okay, Thank you. you. For Bring it? it on. Here it is. This is the one time in their life that high school students are expected to be good at every single freaking thing. Yeah. They've got to be good at art, science, music, um, history, English, math, math uh, yeah. engineering, physics. Yeah. Everything. Social and they got to know how to like study well. They got to know how to follow directions. They have to, you know, know how to, you know, yeah. talk appropriately the and write effectively. coming at them all day long. And I keep telling them, it's like, look, this is the only time you're going to have to be an expert at everything. And, you know, after high school, you get to like push some things off to the side and yeah. you get to focus on like what you want to focus on more yeah. often than not. Sure. I mean, sure, there's things that we have to do yeah. that are kind of annoying, but... You know, I I haven't really read a book and written an essay. Um. <laughs> no, in fact, when in I years. took my yeah, I took a literature class my final semester of college, and when I took the final exam for that class, I sent an email because this was back in early two thousand, and texting really wasn't a major thing, and so email was like how you talk to somebody who wasn't right around you. Anyway, I sent an email to my boyfriend, and I said, I never have to read a book again. <laughs> It's different when yeah. you get to choose. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then after some time, I, I have read books again. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I get to choose them now. It's a lot more enjoyable. But that that's kind of my biggest thing is like, if I'm okay with them having 30 minutes of where they just chill and they're just not doing anything, yeah. that to me is not wasted time. Yeah. Wasted time is giving them busy work. And then if they have questions, the sub wasn't a math teacher. Yeah. She wasn't able to help. So am I supposed to come back with this handout that I did not design, that I did not make sure aligned with my standards, that I did not provide a key for, that I did not create a purpose for, I'm supposed to come back and do something with it? Yeah. No. So, I mean, sorry, that was my little sideways rant on that. It's just, you know, absences are not ideal. Yeah. Period. Period. They're never going to be perfect. Something's always going to happen. Hopefully it's not penises and missing batteries, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, gosh, that would be a horrible sound clip out of context, <laughs> by the way, talking about penises and missing batteries. Hmm. Anyway, so, um, um, but no. it's not always going to be like that. Yeah. They're ideal, unideal, not ideal, whatever, yeah. by nature. Yeah. And it's okay to accept that. Yes. And I think this leads into another point I wanted to make, which is, I feel like all of these frustrations around, you know, not knowing how much to leave, how much not to leave. Because my thing was always I wanted to leave them enough. I taught freshmen and, you know, freshmen with too much time on their hands, it's a disaster. You lose batteries and have penises on your floor. So um, I wanted to give them enough that kept them busy, but not so much that they felt like it was impossible to complete in the time allotted and then they just give up. Um, and the opportunity for, if you stay on task and get this done, you could have 15 minutes at the end of class to put in your headphones and chill out or whatever. Um, but I could never really kind of get a handle on how much is that? How many, how much instructions do I leave? You know, and then you come back and you have to deal with putting your room back together and getting reacclimated to where you are. And I feel like it's a big part of why teachers aren't out 
very often because there is so much work that has to be put in before you leave and so much work that has to be put in to catching up when you get back that it hardly makes that time when you're out feel worth it because it feels like instead of taking time out, you've just now doubled your work. Exactly. And yeah. and how restful can that possibly be? Um, and so I feel like as teachers sort of finding some things, like you said, teaching your kids how to learn from a video and that can be kind of a shortcut. You can make a video and that, you know, okay, so that's 10 minutes of time, probably closer to 20 minutes if they're really doing it right in the classroom. They're getting something valuable out of it. You know, you can maybe give them a worksheet or a handout as a follow-up on some of the more basic skills that were discussed in the video and then call it a day. Maybe that's, that's good. Um, but having those sort of shortcuts, right, where they've, you've got a tool that you know they can use in your absence, mm -hmm. having a template for your subnotes, um, and I sort of had a template for mine. All the only thing I would really have to update was what the actual lesson for the day was. I had all of my my front page of subnotes was always my sort of general classroom things you need to know, and one of the big ones, and it was like in bold and underlined, and you know high up on the list was students are not allowed to use the supplies from my desk. There are student supplies in this classroom. They are not allowed to use what's on my desk because I stress that to my students. And this goes back to having everybody's got their lines, mm -hmm. their boundaries. And mine was like, I only request like nine square feet of this room. <laughs> yeah. But these are my nine square feet. Y'all have the rest of the room. This is my space. Don't you don't use my you don't use my stapler. You don't use my pencil sharpener. You don't use my pencils and pens and whatever. And one time I came back from a sub and she clearly let them use my highlighters. And I found my highlighters were all in my marker trays no. by the board. But oh. they had been used, so roughly they were like rubbed no. down to a nub. No. Yes. That hurts my school yeah. supply yes. heart. And so after that, I made it very clear. I thought making it clear to the students is not enough. Clearly, I need to make it clear to the sub. Like, they don't use the things on my desk yeah. at all. Uh, but anyway, things like that. The, the expectations of my classroom, which I feel like may be um, particular to my room. Like, students can't use this stuff for my mm -hmm. desk. Or, you know, this is where the seating chart is. This is where you find the stuff for, you know, going out in a fire drill. Or this is who you right. call if you need help or whatever. That's all sort of one page. And you write it once. And you maybe have to tweak it at the beginning of each year, and that's it. Um, and then, you know, sort of, then the rest of it is just plug and play. Like, this is the, you know, the lesson that, plan. And I was thinking along them. those same lines, um, something that's worked well for me also is to put, especially because I use a lot of um, technology uh -huh. when I'm absent. Because you yeah. know it's there, and we already talked about the videos and stuff. I will leave it in my sub plans that uh, students, should they have any questions, should email me directly. Yeah. And just to kind of remove that kind of middle piece. Yeah. But I think I might in the future also uh, leave some sort of question that the students need to answer. If it's like on a handout or over here and just uh, how did today go? Yeah. What was confusing? What wasn't confusing? How do you think it went? Well, do you I feel guess. ready for, you know, What's the next, next? thing? Um, and I would love to have it be something like a Google form or something yeah. like that, because then I can at least see it from outside of school. Yeah. You know, I don't and have then, to like come back And like you said, in. you can come in prepared for exactly. whatever's so, going to be there for you. You know, if this might be an area where appropriate use of technology might be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, especially since I'm watching my stepdaughter now. She's taking 
two fully online college courses. Yeah. And uh, rough. it's like, tough. Online learning is really tough for me. Like I've, I've done it and it is, it is very, very hard for so me. So we could kind of frame these yeah. whole like absences and use of technology during these absences as a, Hey, this yeah. actually is a real world skill. Yeah. That An opportunity to practice. You, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Giving so, me lots to think about. Yeah. I know this, you know, past week when I was out sick is not the last absence of the school year. It never no. is. No. I'm in one of these long stretches now that Labor Day was a holiday and the next holiday is Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's um, like almost two I months. I thought we had Columbus Day. Three months. And, yeah. But it's a teacher work day. Ah. So. <laughs> so the students get a day off, but the teachers yeah. do not. But it's at least uh, it's a relief from like student yes. onslaught. Um yes. But no, and before we wrap this up, I wanted to kind of circle back to, you know, we had talked about how in my home school district, they've got a focus on substitutes this year. And and um, and I should find out what that means in detail and report back. Yeah, that would be great. The next time we meet. Kind of curious. Um, yeah, because I'm super curious now, too. And I don't know why I didn't think to ask about it. But here we are. Anyway, um, was sort of thinking about what are things that districts or schools could do to make this better i think you know first of all having enough subs because i feel like i know i don't even feel like i know for a fact i have heard teachers say i can't be out we don't have enough subs that's true and i've been asked to sub for other teachers oh yeah i've been asked to and i have Mm -hmm. done it because i feel like there's gonna come a time when i have to be out so i'm gonna put my dues in but i shouldn't have to and nobody should have to do that for me and if there's not enough sub, that should it be on the teacher to compensate for that by saying, I'm just going to come in. I'm going to forego dealing with this family issue. I'm going to forego protecting my mental health. I'm going to forego sitting at home and resting when I have food poisoning because there's not enough subs and I don't want to put out another colleague to have to come wash my room. Um, and then it's also terrible because you never have one sub the whole day. You have eight different teachers coming That's in right. for half their play. And so the consistency period, is it's it's you had have no idea who's yeah. in your room when the quarters are being glued down. Yeah. So <laughs> um it's it's a mess. And and so you don't want to be out. So I think one, I mean just obviously having enough subs would alleviate a lot of pressure from teachers, I think. Um and but two is something I have I've read about it and it sounds amazing. And that is the concept of the supply teacher. And from what I understand of the supply teacher, it is a teacher who is assigned to a building just as like they're basically a sub, but they work full time for the school. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe they need to go in and cover a class. Maybe they go in and cover a whole day. Maybe there's nothing to do this day. And then they, I don't know, assist in the office or whatever, or our teacher's aide or something. But I think the idea of the supply teacher, so basically a full-time substitute that works for the building, because in A, they get to know the kids because they're working in the same building over and over again. Um, They get to know the teachers. You know, they may have a subject specialty or two, you know, Mm -hmm. so you could have somebody, a couple people who are good with math and, you know, could answer questions or are good with chemistry or whatever. Um, So I really like that idea. Um, but of course my favorite idea for how to solve the issue of what to do when teachers are absent is my overall idea of which like 
I love how I'm saying I have this idea as if I'm doing anything to make it happen. And as if this, I mean, it's just such a huge paradigm shift that it would be like forever for it to happen. But is that move to a co-teaching model? There should be two teachers oh, I'd love that. in every classroom. And because then you could have a sub who's just basically there to be the second person but there's already a person there who knows the ins and outs of that classroom, who knows that kid, those kids, because you're not frequently going to have both teachers being out at the same time. And um, and so it would just make that transition a lot easier on the students, a lot easier on the teachers. There would be a lot less stress about needing to take a day out if you had a co-teacher that could pull up the slack and then you can pull up the slack for them next time, you know. Um, and it would also solve a million other issues uh, with with teaching in the U S but uh, you know, right. so, so those are my, my ideas for solutions to anybody important who might be listening. <laughs> uh, number one, Definitely. co-teaching model. Number two, supply teachers, which I may or may not be understanding correctly, but are the idea of <laughs> full-time people who act as subs, when you know, needed. When, when needed. And then three is just make sure you have enough, subs to go around and if that means that you need to pay them more train them more advertise for them more what have you to encourage and entice more substitutes then so be it sounds good um but that's those are my thoughts um and yeah you know that's and then good. look to technology for teachers you know on the ground day to day look for technology to make some little shortcuts make your life easier and please don't come to school if you're sick yeah definitely please don't and people will judge you for that people will especially the people who did come to work when they were sick will judge you for that and they will act like you're not being tough enough like you're not cut out for Whatever. this <laughs> exactly just let it go man yeah, just let it go that's their decision that's their poor decision making that's their problem yeah. that's their insecurity you cannot take that on. You just have to kind of, you know, when you're alone in your room, roll your eyes at you it. Are respect you are responsible for your own best life. You're not, yes. you know. Yeah. If and other people are making decisions counter to yeah. that, then yeah. that's theirs. And you are allowed to respect yourself, um, whether or not people around you are respecting you or themselves. So just please don't go to work when you're sick. It just makes everything worse. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so did we ever get any questions? I got one. All right. Uh, Brent has a question for us. Okay. I picked the number one. Okay. There, there was you got just it. one yeah. question. All right. What is a time that a drill just did not go well? A drill. A drill you mean like, like an a, emergency like drill? Like a fire drill, yeah. emergency drill? Ah. <laughs> uh, hmm. All right. Well, this one goes back to... Um, I can't remember if I talked about this uh, with my friend Gail. But um, when I worked at the boarding high school, mm -hmm. uh, we had fire drills. And, of course, you know, legally they, they make you have them at certain yeah. times. And when you're a boarding school, one of the times that you have to have a fire drill is at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, right, because you got to be able yeah. to make sure you get everybody out there. <laughs> so, you know, the teachers all knew about it, the dorm staff and everything. So we're all ready. Hey. And we're all... 
we got everything up and right. And the alarm goes off and then we're like going around, we're doing our thing where we bang on all the doors and we all file out and we go over to the field that we're supposed to be in and line up by hall so that I can count and make sure I've got every girl from my hall. And, um, uh, this was one of the ones that where the, I don't know, the fire department dude, Marshall maybe mm-hmm. had to come over. And so they were there also. So from the town and, uh, and he's like ticking off everybody. Do you have everybody? Do you have everybody? And from behind him, I'm like looking at him and, and then I, I look over his shoulder and I see this girl just kind of coming out. And it's been like 10 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> She's oh like my. yawning. And she was one of our international students and Lord love her. I believe her name was Alice. God, I miss that girl. Um, a general sense of cluelessness uh, <laughs> across the board, but a heart of gold. Yeah. But she just kind of slowed. And I turned to look at my friend Gail. My friend Gail, who um, served in the Navy, and she was the dorm mom for this dorm. And yeah. she comes up and she is, she is looking stern. And she goes over to Alice and she goes, where were you? You were supposed to be out here. You, if you had been in the dorm just now, you would be crispy. And she like held up her hand, kind of like that, that kind of sideways like gun action. Yeah. You, know, you know, yeah, just like you'd the, be crispy. The, yeah, pointing. And, um, yeah. and you know, Alice just her eyes all wide. And like you, the fire marshal person was like kind of privy to the conversation at this point, and he just kind of like was like, oh, oh okay, she's got it. Okay, I don't yeah. have to say anything. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. But um, so that was kind of one that just sticks out in my mind. It's just everybody's all like standing out there at two o'clock in the morning and then out walks Alice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, gosh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think the um, the worst one was and I think I've talked about it here before was we had a intruder drill and it was one that happened during a passing period and they had told us at the beginning of the week there will be an intruder drill sometime during this week during a passing period but we're not going to tell you exactly when because it's supposed to catch you off guard to kind of mimic being caught off guard and um which I I get it but I still think it was really terrible because it was just so the process as a classroom teacher, I think we're supposed to poke our head out of the room, yeah. gather in as many people as we can, can and then go it, into our regular it, lockdown yeah. with the locked door. And stuff. Um, except it was during, yes, because it's passing period and there's students everywhere. So, except I was in the bathroom when it happened. And oh, in no. the faculty bathroom, which is like down the, <laughs> the hall from my bathroom, classroom. which is like one room yeah. inside in, the in, teacher work room, room. So you're like literally all by Far yourself. away from my classroom. And I remember this this alarm going off and you know the principal coming on and giving his announcement or whatever to like get in the classrooms and i just like you know uh you know yank up my pants and run down the hall because i knew my kids were going to be in there kind of borderline freaking out about what to do because i wasn't there to tell them you know what to do and you can't lock the door without my key so or without a key and i didn't know that they if they would know that they should go into another classroom don't wait they wouldn't have known no and don't wait in the classroom with an open door go next door to miss mcintyre's classroom or to i can't remember the science teacher who's on the other side of me so i'm like busting down and i get down there we get locked down i get them you know in the corner turn the lights off you know 
shut up, no cell phones, blah, 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 whatever. We get through the drill, all fine, which was great, except that my adrenaline was pumping so hard and yeah. so fast that when it was over, I couldn't get it to stop, and I had a panic attack, and that was oh, that was difficult. So, um, so I feel good knowing that even in a situation of, like, you know, pretty panicky moment, I can take care of my kids, but... It was, uh, mm, so the drill ideal. itself went well, but then the aftermath was like, wow. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> well, thanks, Christine. Yeah. Thank you, Natalie.